When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. One I have to start with is, is not so much fascinating as it is just something we need to do because college football right now it has it has a Michigan problem and I don't know what's going on with all of this. This is the second time this year that we have seen Michigan run, run into some NCAA violations potentially. The first, of course, was Cheeseburger Gate. We won't get into deep on that. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverine, serves a three-game suspension self-imposed by the University of Michigan as they were getting ready for the season. And it was a bit of a distraction, but you know, Michigan rolled. They played three, I'd say, lackluster programs, uh, and they won those games by multiple touchdowns, as they should have, whether he was there or not. Now they're getting into the situation where Connor Stallions, who is, of course, a, a an assistant uh, for the Michigan football program, has been going around to various potential future opponents. That includes in-conference Big Ten opponents. They, they have 11 of those that he has been seen at. at. Uh, and then he's been to out-of-conference opponents, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, other programs that they had a chance to see in the college football playoff, playoffs. And basically what he's doing is he is filming the opposing sidelines and he has one on either side where they're filming those teams. And it's, it's not good. It's not good. Abe Gordon tipping signs and stealing signs admittedly is not illegal. Fending scouts to go steal said signs at a football game that you are not playing in. That is illegal. Well, I'll say this uh, because I don't think it's that big of a deal only because I presume it is happening all over the country. This is just the poorest example of how to hide it. I mean, there's so many levels of being careless and all that, that the only real question I'm interested in here, Garrett, is what level of knowledge does Coach Harbaugh have of the situation? I think as we get further into the story, I would not be surprised to find out that this has actually been kept away from him. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if he does know about it as well. Um, but that's the real question that I have. I- I'm not so bothered by the the, the levels of Michigan's cheating. I- First off, I think it's a dumb rule. I think you should be able to go to opponent stadiums oh. and scout teams. I I, I don't care. Well, Abe, 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 Abe. Let, let's, let's make sure our, our, our verbiage is correct here. They're not scouting teams. They're not scouting teams. Yeah, that is scouting. Looking going at, in and, and filming sidelines. It's no different than, it's, it's than trying different. to watch That's a game a against Cadence. I, I totally disagree. 
we're, we're not going to go this back isn't and something forth that you're going to find. This is not something that you're going to find. And I'm sure John Fricky and I are going to get into this on Saturday on college football game time on 92.9 the game, uh, which you can stream anywhere on the Odyssey app. If you want to tune in for that, this could be our opening segment, just like it is here. And I've, I'm sure that we'll have that discussion on Saturday, but look, they do not get sideline access on broadcasts. They do not get sideline access on coaches film. You have to physically send somebody there to do that. And I, this is not something that no, no, everybody's I agree. Doing. I agree it's a different type it. of access. But the, but the point is, there are people who are trying to figure these out through many different facets. Whether During it's the game, yes, that's yeah, fine. No, they have, they even, have not just they, in game, Garrett. Not just in game. You go back to other other when you're hearing the the quarterback bark out the calls. Like there's a level of trying to break that down and figure out exactly what it's saying and how it relates to the play call. I understand what you're saying. And I agree with it. It's not the exact same as that. But but to me, it's not that big of a deal. It really isn't. I don't think Michigan is beating Rutgers 40 to 3 or whatever the score was a couple weeks ago because they figure out a couple of calls. And I also think that many more schools are doing this. This to me is like the Astros scandal it was in baseball. MLB has already admitted that the Astros weren't the only school doing it. The issue most people had was they were so blunt and obvious while doing it. There were more subtle ways to cheat. I think the issue here is that Michigan was so out in front of your face with doing it and that it happened in in such a dumb manner, if we're being honest. I don't blame any program. And I said, I think it's a dumb rule. You should be able to look at this. But I don't blame any program for going out of their way to try and figure this out. But, But to not hide it, like, at all, to have things out in public, like, like you almost deserve to be punished for being so stupid going against what is an NCAA bylaw. Whether you agree with the bylaw or not, like See, myself, it is still a bylaw, and you do have to follow the rules. So from that perspective, I understand it. The only question, like I said, though, Garrett, is just what's the level of Harbaugh's knowledge here? Because if it's coming from him, we've got a real issue. If it's not, yeah. and it's, it, it, and I know people will say, oh, every manner of your program you have to have knowledge of, but there are dark horses. There are renegades. If this is just a guy doing this on his own, I, I just don't care. Well, just go ask Coach Fitzgerald about knowing everything about your program. I mean, the Big Ten and, and, and universities have done a lot more with a lot less as far as knowledge or, or a smoking gun, if you will, which I don't think there is a smoking gun right now. However, the, the NCAA claims that it has hundreds or it says hours and hours of film. I, that's just that's the quote that I have from this report. Yeah. Uh, so maybe something does come out. Maybe something does. I, I don't know if there is something that's going to come out or not. Now, if they can just pin all of this on Connor Stallions and fire him and get rid of him, then they'll do that. Yeah. Now, this isn't something that just happened this year. And nope. that's one of the other biggest, bigger things. This has been happening over the course of three years now. This is the third year that it's happened. It also coincidentally coincides with the sudden resurgence of Michigan football. And uh, that's a bit I know strong. I'm, I'm, I'm it's the first time they got past Ohio State. This is purely my opinion now. Like this is purely like alleged and everything else. Michigan was on the brink. All right. I'm just painting a picture. They're on the brink. Jim Harbaugh is about to get fired. Jim Harbaugh was about to get fired from his dream job and likely his last true opportunity to be a head coach at a top program after falling on his face, like the embarrassments that it had and then, and then you fail as badly as you do at your, your, your alma mater, if you will. And 
then you just do what you have to do because all of a sudden you're about to get fired in 2020. So then you start employing ta any tactic that you can. You cut every corner that you possibly can and it works. And you go to a college football playoff and you win a big 10 title. You're like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing this. And you keep riding that wave. Uh, the, it, the, the timelines make sense. It's a now, fair assertion, but it also just may be coincidence. It, it may, it may also it's be a fair coincidence. Yeah. Because we need a smoking gun before you can really say whether they did it or not. I kind of believe that they absolutely did it. Now, at the same time, there's no real evidence that, that Coach Harbaugh knew about. Mm -hmm. We don't know that for a fact. I mean, we people have use this this anecdotal evidence of of a stallion standing next to the defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator and they would have a break in the action and they look over to the other sideline and like they, that's anecdotal evidence you don't know what that is he could just be standing there he could have a certain specific responsibility at the time we have no idea the, and it's very hard for them to actually prove it and whether or not Harbaugh knew anything about that I don't know yet but it's something that's going to happen here soon now I haven't listened in a rundown we have different teams that could cause chaos over the next half of the season. You can include Kansas State. You can include Missouri, Oregon State. You have the football teams. The NCAA could also cause some chaos. What if they come out and actually do something, if you will, to Michigan and the rest of this team? What they Now, they move slow as molasses, so I don't expect that anything is going to happen this year. But what if the college – what if they actually bring out and, and release publicly – some of the knowledge that they have. Well, what? how does that affect the college football playoff committee? They've been known, they are about as consistent as, as well, inconsistent can be. And what if they use that in their rationale later in the season? Oh, well, they were cheating and they were getting more information than they were properly allowed. There are a lot of question marks that come with this. And of course, at this point, I'm only speculating. But this could be a more serious thing. We just got to give it some more time to unravel. I would say this. I think if the NCAA wants to fast forward college football's exit away from it as an organizing program and an entity, they, they would make a statement on this or, or do something in re, in regards to this. Yeah. Uh, I, I Look, in bowl bands or whatever um, that could come down the road or even, like you said, by the end of this year, I, I don't think they would go as far as to prohibit Michigan from being uh, entered into the college football playoffs. And that's ultimately what you're asking. Is this something that could raise to the level where Michigan. See, but they can't, they can't do that. Cause it's there. The college right. football playoff is also very, it's very important to know this. The playoff is a separate entity entirely than the NCAA. And, 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 and we had, you know, we kind of talked about this today. It, 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 in my eyes, it would actually be funny if they're like, all right, now, if you're like sixth or seventh, you don't get to play. But if you're in the top four, you're good, man. Like, have that. Like, that to me would be like the ultimate, like, here's the NCAA having zero power. It would be like, here's your bowl ban, but also, oops, you made it into the playoffs. So, good luck in your tournament. Like, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. But, yeah, I, I just the real question to me, the longer run question, and I know you're talking about Michigan here, is just going to come down to hardball. Um, is this a situation where he leaves for the NFL now? Mm. It, it, does it rise to that level? Um, if he were going to stay or, or if he doesn't leave for the NFL, would Michigan have to move on? Uh, I, I think moving the NFL is a realistic option now. I, I don't think the NCAA would uh, bring penalties enough to the point where he would have to be fired or anything like that. That's just my opinion. Um, but again, all that's going to come out, as you said, when we get the, the knowledge of how much he actually knew 
yeah. in, in regards to what's going on. And for the record, he has denied any knowledge of this program. Do all. you have it? Let, let me ask you this. This is total, like you said, speculation, gut sure. feeling. Do you think he knew yeah, um, he about knew. this? I think he did. That's that's just my opinion. You know, and like it's it's all alleged activity at this point, and and I, I can only speculate. But yeah, I, I think based on some of the, if it, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, I mean, it's just that's just kind of how it feels right now with Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah, wouldn't I, you say? I, based on some of the mm. other things I've read over the last twenty four hours, I actually am starting to lean towards this guy may have been kind of operating on his own, um, and not that he was solo. But uh, but that he he I don't know if somebody support. at this capacity could have operated on his own. I mean he's he's got other people working with him. Correct. In conjunction, he has people who are who he's paying to 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 stand on sideline. And maybe that's just a but. But I wonder if it was trying to make a name for themselves. They're all it was also a people. point to keep it away from Harbaugh. Is what I mean. Not that he was solo. Sure. But it's, that it's there any was operation. a point made to keep it away. Yeah. Yeah, any black cloak operation, they they want some plausible deniability. I mean, I mean caught, this is right? this is the CIA operating without yeah. the president's knowledge. There's plenty of examples where, after the fact, they have to tell the president, "Oh, by the way, hey, this we've happened. been doing this, and we have this <laughs> intelligence now, and here's what you need to know." I, I mean, you know, you never know to to what extent it, it it's comparable to that. No, and and that's the other thing is we won't we won't fully know until the the, the investigation unfolds and. And it's it, at this point, it's a lot of speculation, but it's it's very interesting to watch, and we'll see what ends up happening with all of this. We don't know. We don't know. L- let me just do- ask you this to to put a bow on this because I know how I feel. Yeah. Do you think Michigan has won games that they otherwise would have lost because of this uh, scandal, if you want to call it that? I think it's also impossible to know right now. Uh, I mean, we don't. <clears throat> a lot I mean, of the I know you don't want to evidence. go back through every game and look at all the ones. No, I'm not going to do that. Of course like that, not. We have, just, I, I have, I have your instant I, reaction. Do you do think it's life. risen to the level where it has impacted games to that extent? I, I mean, it's under investigation for a reason. They, what they did was illegal and they clearly knew something based off of the uh, admittedly anecdotal evidence that exists on the, up in the Twitterverse. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, they they knew what signs were coming in, what players were coming in, what plays were coming. Now, the Ohio State play that a lot of people have been circulating on the internet, the the one that I texted you and, and John Fricky, they actually scored a touchdown on that play. So take that for what you will. But I think this is a it's an ongoing investigation. It's something to follow. It's not something that we need to overreact to just yet. It's worth discussing uh, as we've spent the last 15 minutes discussing it. Uh, just because it's it's one of the best teams in the country, if not the odds-on favorite to win a national title. Uh, not to mention the fact they've, they've won the Big Ten in consecutive years, and they still have a lot of big games on their plate. One of which, of course, coming against Penn State. And and Penn State is one of those teams right now, Abe. I don't know really what they're going to be down the stretch. Uh, they're a team that I expected to be a lot better than what they were on Saturday. And if you saw our last College Football Overtime podcast, you would have seen that. Um, we, we were a little confused. We were a little frustrated with what Penn State ended up putting out onto the football field. But at the same time, that was just a really good Ohio State team. And they're going to have to face another really good Michigan team on November 4th. Is James Franklin going to be the guy to get it done? It feels very similar to what Georgia was under Mark Richt, a, a team that was perpetually very good, but not quite good enough. The team that would play in the SEC championship game and 
and have a ball batted down at the the three yard line against Alabama uh, on a chance to and a chance to go to the national title game. It, it's a team that was always one frustrating loss away from playing in that SEC championship game. Uh, it, it was a team that just sort of fell apart when it mattered most, and they would beat the teams they were supposed to beat. But then when you go up against the big dog, you're never quite the biggest dog in the room. Is that just life with James Franklin at Penn State? It is very similar, and it's very interesting, and I will say this, and I will admit that I was wrong. When I saw that Georgia was going to fire Mark Drick, I thought it was a mistake. This is a team that was almost every single year 10 wins, uh, sometimes more, and right on that discussion for the national championship, and and they got very close a couple of times in the Mm. SEC title game and didn't get past it, and I thought it was a mistake to move on. I, I I didn't believe that you could bring in a guy that would make a difference. Obviously, I was wrong. Kirby Smart has made that difference. And it does remind me of what's going on with Penn State. There are a ton of parallels mm-hmm. right now. Um, now, the difference is I believe that Mark Rick could win a national championship. At no point have I believed that James Franklin could win a national championship. And so... I, I'm stuck there now with like, well, look, if Georgia did it here and look where they are now and what they've become, I do think with that example, Penn State does have to consider it. The difference being, is there a Kirby Smart out there? And, and I can't pretend to know which great coaches or coordinators <clears throat> or whatever can make that difference. Georgia fans almost immediately zeroed in on Kirby Smart's the guy. There was not a lot of discussion, right? He was the only person who was up for the job. Is there someone like that in regards to a, 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 an option for Penn State if they were to move on for James Franklin? If there is, I haven't heard about it. And that, I think, is the biggest difference. The, it's the old proverbial grass is always greener, right? For Georgia, it was. But is that the rule or is that the exception? And I think that's the concern is if, you, you, you move on from James Franklin. Where does the program go? You could keep going up and maybe jump over like you're suggesting. It could also go the other way. And you have to be prepared for that as well. You could turn into Wisconsin or Minnesota or, or wherever you want it to be. Yeah. It, it, well, look, look, you have Nebraska, who is an eight and four, nine and three, 10 and two at the, in its best years program. Um, you have Bo Pelini in charge of the program. Yeah. Exactly. And they're like, hey, Another that's not enough. Example, we need to yeah. get up over the top. And they go it's and a good example in the of it going wrong. Prodigal right. son in Scott Frost, who was exactly the prototype of Kirby Smart. He was a, a Heisman type of player for uh, a national championship winning quarterback who everybody loved when he was there. And then he goes off and finds success at a different program. And all the signs are pointing up in Lincoln, Nebraska. And then all of a sudden, the rug is pulled out from under the program and they have been just face planted into the dirt. Yeah. I mean, look at Mac Brown. Mac Brown was the guy. He won a national championship. And then all of a sudden he starts winning eight, nine games. And it was, it's not enough because you need to get past Bob Stoops every now, every year against at, at Oklahoma. You need to be winning a big 12 title every year. And you need to, it's unrealistic expectations that have really been the detriment to a lot of those programs. And that you see, they, Texas has only just gotten back to relevancy. It's been 15 years. You could have Uh, said the same thing about Notre Dame for many years. I mean, this was something, the difference between a good team 
and a great team is small. The difference between a great team and the elite teams is even smaller. And there aren't like Kirby Smarts and Nick Sabins and, and even Dabo Sweeney's. Those guys aren't common. And you need so many things in your camp, as we've seen with Clemson, to go your way. You need that right defensive coordinator. You need the right quarterback. You need the right conference and schedule. There are so many different things that need to go your way. Not to mention health and injury luck and turnover luck and the ball literally an oblong object bouncing your way. It happens. And sometimes it, it bounces against you. And I don't blame James Franklin. He didn't make coaching errors in this Ohio State game. He, and, and largely he didn't do it in any of these other games that people are blasting him for. Like you call him, not, not you personally, but people call him called him overrated. Well, well, okay, well, if he's overrated compared to who? He beats the teams that he's supposed to beat. This maybe this is just who he is. Yeah, I was he's gonna just say that step below. Th- until this year, we really never had the feeling that this the Penn State team was on par with Ohio State or Michigan. At least I, I did. I don't know. No, A lot of people no felt point. that this year, and, and that's why we're kind of raising this hubbub about what's going sure. on now. And understandably so. And look, they still have that chance that you talked about later in the season against Michigan. And we'll have to revisit that conversation, you know, if they fall uh, again there. But uh, to me, it's just the risk reward. Uh, I I mean, are you really ready to risk your program joining the group behind those guys Mm -hmm. as opposed to staying up with those guys and, and continuing to try and catch them at the right time. Hadn't happened yet. Again, doesn't mean it never happened. Let's say Mark Rick had stayed at Georgia. I can't sit here and tell you he never would have won a national championship, but I know what's happened since. And and so it it, it was was stale. That that program was stale. I I understand that. And and you're going to get there. And that's the biggest difference. But, but Abe, that's my difference here. Like this isn't, they aren't necessarily the same stages of their careers. Mark Richt was Mark Richt had played in the title games. Mark Richt had been there, and then and then after a while, it's just like he wasn't getting the funding anymore. And people, you just needed a new message. He'd been there for at the time. So maybe it's not years. still now. Maybe it's next year. But you can't. It might sit be here, in a couple of years. It might be next year because you can't sit here if you're Penn State after this year, telling me you're just as good as those two big boys. If you mm. drop both and then do it again next year, I think we are starting to have that discussion. Yeah, because it, it's quickly becoming a stale conversation. I mean, yeah, the the moment that Mark Rick got fired was was really when they beat Georgia Southern in overtime, and the players celebrated and jumped in the stands and acted like they just won. They they, they locked down the SEC East title or something like that. It was an inexcusable situation for them to be in in the first place. And and I'm a Georgia Southern grad. I was cheering the whole time, but look that's not a place that they needed to be in and much less celebrating like they did after the fact. And look, that Georgia program was expecting more of itself. That Georgia program was also a kind of middling underachieving team for the, for I think three years leading into that game. Uh, they had been consistently, Oh, they're like hype is getting up here. Like the, the, it's getting up. And then they would just come crashing down. That's kind of what you're referring to. I think, with Penn State, if they lose some of those other games, which they haven't lost those other games yet. Right. Like last year, like people can point to last year all they want. They lost to Michigan and they lost to uh, Ohio State, but they went 11 and two last year. Like this was a really good football team. Like by in its own right, it's 11, 11 and two is good. You know, it's just they, at what point do they feel like they need to get over and get that extra inch? And 
who is that guy to do it? That you need that answer before you make this decision. Yeah, the timing of who is the right guy, I think, does impact your decision. You're absolutely right, Garrett. But I'll say this. They're 0-1 already this year against the big boys. They if they go 0-4, which means a loss to Michigan this year, loss to Buckeyes, loss to the Wolverines next year as well, I don't think James Franklin is your head coach to start the 2025-2026 season. Mm-hmm. That, that would be my big predict, prediction. If he goes 0 for 3 over the next three against the big boys, I think they do find a way to move on. I just don't know who it's for. Well, see here, they'd be 0-2. and 20, they, The last win that they've had against either one of these teams came in 2020 during the COVID season. Um, it was the road, it was the only road victory that they've had against Ohio State and Michigan. Otherwise, they're one and eight in James yeah. Franklin's games. Yeah, it's not good enough. That's not and good, that's not good enough. enough. And, and then that one game came in a COVID season, which I don't know about you, but I'm not really going to hold that hold that. Uh, it's right. like me holding water in my hands. The second I move it, it's just it's gone. You know, well, if you cup it properly, it might you know <laughs> it'll leak. Um, but that's the other thing. It's like I, this has been the situation for so many programs and for so many programs, they backslide and fall the wrong direction. Yeah. And, and we it's can't act, just act like, but we can't act like Kirby smart just sort of like fell into this and he was the missing piece. And that's all they needed. He also kind of came in and he brought in top end quarterback play top end running the offensive line play. He made fundamental changes to the Georgia Bulldogs football program. And you've seen the product of that. And it also took him an extra five or six years before he actually got him over the top and won a national title. I, I, the the one, one last thing I'll say is this, if you're going to make the change and, and try and get that next push, you have to do it like Georgia did it when the team is nine and three and 10 and two, you can't wait till they're a seven and five program before you make that. It's too big of a hill to climb at that point. Yeah. And, and we will see specifically with James Franklin, because James Franklin, I mean, he's a great coach, very well respected with the program. It doesn't seem like any of these decisions are ongoing or conversations, I should say. Um, I, I am not 100% sure what's going to happen with it because we still need to watch what, what he does against Michigan. So he he absolutely still controls a lot of his own destiny. So if he can get that win on November 4th, it becomes all the more important for that program. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, Michigan has some some issues. They have some things that are swirling, some conversations that are ongoing outside. And what happens if they don't have their guy stealing plays? I don't really know what's going to happen there. 